Hi, and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode on iMaster Health. I'm Dr. Janelle Jelena. I hold a PhD in clinical cardiopulmonary exercise physiology from the University of British Columbia. I'm also a certified clinical exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a respiratory condition called cystic fibrosis. This episode will be broken down into three sections. First, we will start by defining what cystic fibrosis is, common causes, its prevalence in the general population, and how it's diagnosed. Then, we will discuss the main signs and symptoms of this condition and talk through some basic strategies that you can do to help lessen your symptoms. And finally, we will discuss why it's important to keep moving and be physically active, as well as the benefits of exercise for people living with cystic fibrosis. We have lots to cover, so let's get started. Section 1. What is cystic fibrosis? Cystic fibrosis is an inherited genetic condition, meaning that you are born with it. It is caused by mutations in a gene called the cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator gene, or CFTR gene for short. The CFTR gene provides instructions for the CFTR protein, which is located in every organ of the body, including the sweat glands. The genetic mutations in the CFTR gene causes the CFTR protein to not work properly. Now, normally, the CFTR protein controls the movement of salt and water into and out of cells within the body. When the CFTR protein is not working properly, the movement in salt and water in a cell is affected, which can lead to dehydration of the airway surfaces and an accumulation of thick, sticky mucus that can cause blockages throughout the body. Although cystic fibrosis affects multiple body systems, the lung and digestive system are the most commonly affected. The dehydration of the surface of the airways leads to cilia dysfunction. Now, cilia are tiny finger-like projections that line the airways and help to move mucus and debris up and out of the lungs. The combination of cilia dysfunction and an excess of thick mucus predisposes the lungs to bacterial and viral infections and further inflammation. Now, over time, this can lead to permanent airway damage and lung tissue damage, which is why individuals with cystic fibrosis are more prone to developing chronic lung infections. Additionally, the thickening of mucus in the digestive tract can cause blockages that reduces the breakdown and absorption of nutrients and vitamins from food, and this can lead to gastrointestinal issues, making it harder to maintain a healthy body weight. So what causes cystic fibrosis? Cystic fibrosis is a genetic condition that occurs when a child inherits two copies of the CFTR gene, one from each parent. When a mutated CFTR gene is inherited from only one parent and a normal CFTR gene is inherited from the other, the child will be a cystic fibrosis carrier. Now, carriers are generally healthy, but they can pass on the mutated CFTR gene to their children. Now, approximately 1 in 25 Canadians carries a mutation for the CFTR gene. If both parents are a carrier, there is a 1 in 4 chance that their child will receive an abnormal CFTR gene from each parent and therefore develop cystic fibrosis. Now, approximately 70,000 people worldwide have cystic fibrosis, 
and cystic fibrosis is considered one of the most common genetic conditions in North America. It is estimated that cystic fibrosis affects approximately 4,300 Canadians and that one in every 3,600 children born in Canada has cystic fibrosis. The majority of individuals, around 75%, who have cystic fibrosis are diagnosed by age two, and more than half of the cystic fibrosis population is aged 18 years or older. How is cystic fibrosis diagnosed? Cystic fibrosis is diagnosed based on symptoms, results from screening tests, and other clinical investigations. Genetic screening can tell you if you are a carrier of the CFTR gene. Genetic testing is performed by looking at your DNA from a blood or saliva sample or from the cells inside your cheek. Sometimes genetic testing is done by couples who are planning on having children, and this can be done before or during pregnancy. Sometimes cystic fibrosis screening is done on a newborn baby, and this is performed in the baby's first two to three days of life by collecting a small sample of blood from a heel prick. The blood sample is then used to check for increased levels of immunoreactive trypsinogen, which is a chemical made by the pancreas. In individuals with cystic fibrosis, immunoreactive trypsinogen tends to be high, but it also may be high due to other reasons such as stress. Therefore, the SWEAT test is the standard diagnostic test for diagnosing cystic fibrosis. The SWEAT test is used if an individual has symptoms that may indicate cystic fibrosis or to confirm a positive diagnosis from a screening of a newborn baby. The SWEAT test detects a higher amount of chloride, which is a component of salt. It is done by applying a colorless and odorless chemical and a very small amount of electrical stimulation to the individual's arm or leg to initiate a SWEAT response. The sweat is then collected and sent for testing. Higher chloride levels indicate a cystic fibrosis diagnosis, but normal or low levels do not rule out cystic fibrosis and further testing may be required. If an individual does have cystic fibrosis, regular pulmonary function tests are done to monitor lung function. A pulmonary function test involves sitting in a clear box that looks like a telephone booth and performing different breathing maneuvers while breathing into a mouthpiece. A registered respiratory therapist typically coaches the individual on how to do these different breathing maneuvers. Additionally, a sputum or mucus sample may also be collected to test for specific types of bacterial cultures found within the airways. Section 2, Signs and Symptoms. Symptoms of cystic fibrosis vary person to person, with some individuals experiencing little to no symptoms, while others may have severe complications. Cystic fibrosis most commonly affects the lungs and therefore wheezing, shortness of breath, a cough that produces mucus or blood, and frequent chest infections are all common symptoms. However, as cystic fibrosis is considered a multi-systemic condition, other symptoms may include salty skin and saltier than normal sweat, gastrointestinal symptoms like abdominal pain, intestinal obstructions, chronic diarrhea or constipation, weight loss or an inability to gain weight despite increased appetite, delayed growth or puberty, chronic sinus infections, jaundice or yellowing of the skin, clubbing or enlargement of the fingertips and toes, muscle and joint pain, and fertility issues. Strategies that help symptoms. 
Currently, there is no cure for cystic fibrosis, but advancements in treatments are helping individuals with cystic fibrosis live longer, healthier lives. Treatments for cystic fibrosis is focused on airway clearance techniques, medications to manage inflammation and mucus and improve lung function, and the function of the CFTR protein. Surgeries or organ transplants may also be required. Airway clearance techniques are an extremely important part of treatment for cystic fibrosis. These techniques help to loosen mucus so that it can be cleared from the lungs and airways more easily. This not only improves lung function and breathing capacity, but also helps reduce the risk of lung infections. A registered respiratory therapist or physiotherapist can help instruct you on these proper techniques. Some common airway clearing techniques include active cycle of breathing technique. This uses a cycle of breathing control, chest expansion exercises, and forced expiratory techniques or huffing to help break up and expel mucus. Another technique is high-frequency chest wall oscillation vests. So this involves wearing an inflatable vest that is attached to a machine that vibrates the vest at a high frequency. The vibrations help to loosen and thin mucus within the chest. Another technique is oscillating positive expiratory pressure devices. This involves breathing on a mouthpiece of equipment called a resistor that causes a pressure and vibration in the airways. This helps to keep the small airways open and allows air to get behind the mucus so that it can be moved into the main airways and cleared. And another technique is the postural drainage or percussion technique. So this uses a variety of positional postures to help drain mucus from the lungs. Chest clapping is often added with deep breathing and coughing to help clear the mucus. Medications are used to maintain and improve lung function, fight infection, clear mucus, and support digestive health. Common medications include antibiotics that help to prevent and treat lung infections, anti-inflammatory medicines such as corticosteroids to reduce inflammation, bronchodilators that help to relax and open the airway so that breathing is easier, mucolytics, which help to thin out mucus and make it easier to clear out of the airways, CFTR modulators, which improve the function of the CFTR protein by helping facilitate the movement of salt and water in cells, and multivitamins and pancreatic enzyme supplementations are often used to help improve the absorption of vital nutrients. In certain individuals with advanced cystic fibrosis, a lung or liver transplant may also be an option. In addition to airway clearance techniques and medications, maintaining a healthy lifestyle is an extremely important part of cystic fibrosis. Healthy lifestyle habits include avoiding tobacco smoke and secondhand smoke, taking precautions to avoid dangerous germs, bacteria, and viruses, like staying away from people who are sick or ill, choosing healthy foods as eating healthy and making sure to get enough calories is important for normal growth and maturation in children with cystic fibrosis and helps to support optimal bodily functioning for people of all ages living with cystic fibrosis, and most importantly, staying active and exercising. Section three, exercising with cystic fibrosis. The positive benefits of exercise for individuals living with cystic fibrosis are well recognized and exercise is now considered to be an important part of a care plan. Regular exercise has been shown to slow the rate of decline in pulmonary function, improved exercise capacity and strength, and enhance quality of life. In cystic fibrosis, 
a greater exercise capacity, regardless of level of lung function, has been associated with better survival rates. Regular exercise helps to make the cardiovascular system, your heart and blood vessels, and skeletal muscles stronger and more efficient. Both cardiovascular and strength training have the added benefit of increasing ventilation and opening up clogged or collapsed airways. If combined with airway clearance therapy, mucus can be transported up the airways to be cleared. Additional benefits of regular exercise can include higher bone mineral density, improved sleep, increased energy levels, improved bodily functions, increased self-esteem and independence, and reduced depression and anxiety. When starting an exercise routine, start with what is doable for you and slowly progress your routine to meet your goals. A well-rounded exercise routine includes aerobic training that targets your heart and blood vessels, such as walking, jogging, running, swimming, cycling, and aerobic classes. It also includes resistance or strength training that increases the strength of your muscles, balance, and stretching. The iMaster Health Program will help tailor your exercise routine to meet your specific needs and goals. Okay, let's recap what we learned in this episode. In section one, we learned that cystic fibrosis is a genetically inherited condition and that it is caused by a mutation in the CFTR gene that then affects the CFTR protein that ultimately results in increased mucus production throughout the body and an increased risk of lung infections. Although the effects of cystic fibrosis are multisystemic, the lungs and digestive system are most commonly affected. The most common test done to assess for cystic fibrosis is the sweat test. In section two, we talked about the many signs and symptoms of cystic fibrosis, and these can vary greatly between individual patients. We also discussed how airway clearance techniques, medications, and healthy lifestyle habits are key to managing symptoms and reducing the risk of infection. In section three, we discussed that exercise is considered a critical component of cystic fibrosis care planning, and we also discussed the many benefits of exercise for these individuals. By joining iMaster Health, you've already taken the most important step to taking control of your health, which is to just get started. So congratulations. This concludes another episode of iMaster Health. I'm Dr. Janelle. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care.